This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, joined, as always, by... Uh, our fearless leader, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, it is, uh, well, it's Sunday morning <laughs> after Texas uh, loses a 57-56 overtime game with previously one win Kansas. I, I mean... I think we're both at a loss of words for our listeners that are hearing this. We're first of all, we're recording at 1 a.m. So apologies, you're getting the the flagship after dark right now. But uh, you know, I mean, it was it was just unbelievable, Chip. Like sitting in the press box next to you watching this go down. I mean, it it was like the Twilight Zone. It was basically like 2019 all over again. The Kansas game, you know, that Texas actually won by a last minute or last second field goal, but you know, this was on the other end of the spectrum. I mean, just everything that could have went wrong, went wrong at the worst ideal time, I feel like for Texas in this game. Yeah. And it, I've said all year, this season is like a cruel riddle because we look at the big 12 landscape, Texas should have beaten Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They're up 28 to seven. They're up 18 going, you know, late third quarter, same thing, Oklahoma state Baylor. Tonight, they are terrible in the first half and go down by 21 twice and then finally play a good second half. Like, battled back, tied this game against all odds, a touchdown pass from Casey Thompson to Cade Brewer with 22 seconds left uh, to tie this game despite four turnovers by Texas, 10 penalties, Three unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, personal fouls against Texas. This ridiculous quarterback rotation, uh, in which both Casey Thompson and Hudson Card got strip sacked because the left tackle, uh, Christian Jones for Casey Thompson, Andre Carrick for Hudson Card, couldn't block their guy and give up a strip sack. And then Hudson Card comes back from his strip sack and throws a 31 yard pick six. And Casey Thompson, meanwhile, ends up tying Colt McCoy's uh, touchdown passes in a game record with six and runs for a touchdown. Um, And and was benched too, mind you. (laughs) And and was benched. You know, I mean, it, it, it's like right when you think, you know, something, and we actually saw Texas play complimentary football in the third quarter of this game, Taylor. Yeah. There was a three and out uh, with a really good pass breakup on third and eight by Jade Barron. Marcus Washington blocks a punt. Uh, that's Texas's fourth block punt this season. And Texas punches it in. 
for a touchdown. And you're like, oh my gosh, now we've seen a sign of the apocalypse. Texas played some complimentary football. They're going to find a way out of this hole. And then they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Lance Leipold goes for it, goes for two after Marcus Washington gets called for a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for spinning the football in the end zone when he scores on UT's first you know, possession of overtime that allows Kansas to play from the 12 yard line instead of the 25, three running plays later and a two point conversion pass. And Oh, by the way, Brendan Schooler, God bless him. Leading tackler again, second week in a row drops an interception that would have ended the, the game in, in overtime. Yeah. I mean, it was very sadly, very reminiscent. I think of, um, the 2008 Blake Gideon, uh, dropped interception and you know it kind of comes full circle too because Blake Gideon is the safeties coach this year but yeah I mean you're you're absolutely right there's no I mean it both sides of the ball were really bad at certain parts of the game but there was an instance where you did see the both sides I guess all three phases of the game technically you know special teams as well really gel together and you know Steve Sarkeesian after the game said that, you know, there's definitely fight in this team and you've seen the fight. The problem is you haven't seen it for a full 60 minutes. Well, you need to see it more than just a quarter, Chip. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the third quarter. And and I'm not trying to erase that because there there's a lot of different things I feel like that did play into, um, you know, the success or failures on, all, you know, both sides of the ball mainly. I wouldn't say all three phases because special teams wasn't too bad or anything like that. But like, you know, I mean – the the fact that 21 points of Kansas came off of turnovers that's bad i mean that's terrible for the offense to set up you know Kansas in Texas territory essentially and you know set the defense up there but then the defense still gives up what 57 points to Kansas i mean it, it's it's mind numbing i mean it really is like i, I was driving home from um, the game chip and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, we're going to have to do our podcast after the game. And I'm sitting there thinking like, what am I going to even say? And I really just don't know because I feel like this team, it seems like they've quit a little bit. Um, and you, you expect a lot of ups and downs, I think in a transition year, I know Steve Sarkeesian won't call it a rebuilding year or anything like that, but it, I mean, every time a coach comes in, a new head coach and staff comes in, it's a rebuild. Um, I think, you know, coaches won't say it, but it's the truth. But I mean, the fact that this, these players don't seem to really feel the sense of urgency about, um, you know, where things stand for them. I, I, I'm not trying to be rude, but Chip, I, pardon me, is kind of thinking like, if Steve Sarkeesian is going to have any success, he's got to get those type of mentality players out of the locker room. And, um, you know, I, I think it needs to happen sooner rather than later if he wants to stay the head coach of Texas. Yeah, and think about think about this week. I mean, we had drama before with Monkey Gate and um, – you know, the blow up, the initial blow up with Joshua Moore and Steve Sarkeesian this week, we get the leaked, um, player, you know, the player leaked video of Bo Davis, uh, irate on the, on the team bus or a team bus after the Iowa state loss, Joshua Moore leaves the team, enters the transfer portal. Um, there's a flu outbreak 
on the team that hit the defensive line first and 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 then hit Luke Brockermeyer. Keandre Coburn and Luke Brockermeyer did not start in this game because they missed so much practice time this week with the flu. Yeah. And and so and they both had forgettable performances. Right. And, the, and they're out there trying. Um mm -hmm. so you have that you have a COVID-19 restriction contract your contact tracing on Keelan Robinson. So he can't help. Bijan Robinson goes down with a left elbow injury uh, late in the third quarter. Everybody's, you know, waiting to see if it was dislocated or not. Um, you had, you know, Jonathan Brooks, who was having a nice game, go down with a shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it just, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's like one thing after another. Now, to Steve Sarkeesian's credit, he didn't, you know, make any excuses. He didn't talk about the flu. He didn't talk about COVID. He didn't talk about Bo Davis. He said we didn't play well enough in the first half to win this game. Um, and and now, Taylor, the question, you lose five straight games where either you thought you were going to win uh, against really talented opponents where you have double-digit leads or – you somehow find yourself in an overtime game with a one win team uh, and, and get and a chance to win it. Never beaten Texas on the road in Austin, mind you. Yeah. Just the this first was, win ever. Yeah. this was Kansas's first big 12 road win since 2008. That's uh 13 years and Texas has made the wrong kind of history with Kansas. Um, I won't even go into it, but tonight they made, Jalen Daniels, a backup quarterback who did have a few starts last year, looked like Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy was zipping it all over. Uh, Devin Neal running wild. I, I, this defense is so bad, Taylor, and it's just, you know, I, I would love to say, oh, they had the flu, but they've been, you know, they were so good in the first half against Iowa State, probably their best football of the year. And then, you know, the offense does nothing to help, and they they give way. Tonight, they gave way from the beginning. I mean, Kansas mm -hmm. scored, boom, boom, 13-play, 10-play touchdown drives. They're up 14 nothing, and you're like, oh, my good heavens. This Texas defense is atrocious tonight, and, and, and it didn't get much better. Gave up five yards of carry. And so the point is, Taylor, everyone's looking big picture now and saying, is Steve Sarkeesian the right guy? Is this coaching staff the right staff? Yeah. Steve Sarkeesian was asked, do you think your players have tuned you out? And he said, you know, I think our messaging has been good, but I can't answer that question. You have to ask them. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are just not the kind of questions that you want your first year head coach who had your team in position to beat all these ranked opponents. Now with a five game losing streak, ensuring that you're not going to have a winning regular season. It's just, and and now you got to go on the road to play West Virginia. Yeah, and I mean, come home it, and play a K State team that has won four in a row and is now seven and three. Yeah, and that just handled West Virginia for the most part of the game on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Kansas State did Deuce that. Vaughn. You know, I mean, yeah, Deuce, I'm cheese, and, and Skylar Thompson. I mean, some of the throws he was making in that game, I was just like, oh my gosh, like you know, basically looking ahead at what Texas is about to face. I was just sitting there like, this is not good. And this was before the Kansas game, mind you. Um, but yeah, Chip, I mean, there's there's issues all across the board. There really is. And 
Um, the problem, I think the biggest problem, in my opinion, for Texas is they've shown the ability to be, you know, handle people. They really have. I mean, you go back to the OU game. They were destroying OU. I mean, just absolutely destroying OU in that first half. And then, you know, second half happens, obviously. And then, you know, follow it up with Oklahoma State. I mean, they they were handing it to Oklahoma State and then lose the game. Baylor, I mean, it, it's just, it's the same song, you know, same story, different week, basically, right now with Texas. And, you know, unfortunately, when you look at, like, especially, like, the defense, I mean, it, at some point, it can't just be the the coordinators, right? I mean, at some point, Texas is now on what? How many defensive coordinators has they had? Oh, I mean, since Manny Diaz, that was in 2013, oh. and then um, who was the guy that came in after him of uh, the midseason? Greg uh, Robinson. Greg Robinson, yeah. And then you What's know, Greg Vance Robinson Bedford. doing right now? Exactly, and and then Vance Bedford. What's Vance Bedford doing either? I mean, honestly, Texas is a place where defensive coordinators' careers, I feel like, go to die. And you know, at some point, you have to. Obviously, you want to blame the coaches or the guys get paid, but at some point, you have to blame the players for not having any want to or are going to be okay with after that embarrassing loss to Iowa State to come back at home for the first time in a month in front of your own home crowds, the, one of the only night games that you'll have at home this, well, the second, I guess, one of two night games that you'll have at home this season. And then you lay that egg. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a serious mental and, you know, type like the whole psyche thing that, that uh, Steve Sarkeesian had been talking about. That's legit. I mean, that is the biggest problem. I think that what we're seeing with Texas right now, because they've shown the ability to stay in these games and they just, you know, tumble and, you know, stumble all over themselves. And it's like, that's, that's a mental problem. That's a head issue. There's a lot of head cases on this team and it's showing up on the win loss record, I think right now. And, and that's the irony about tonight in that they start off terribly. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, defense gives up two big, long drives, touchdown drives to start They're You know, Casey Thompson gets hit um, because Christian Jones can't block his man strip sack that leads to a touchdown Hudson card comes in in the third series and leads a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And then he gets strip sacked because Andre Carrick, who's now in it left tackle can't block the same defensive end, uh, Kyron Johnson, who's also the guy who landed on top of Jonathan Brooks. And, uh, when Brooks injured his shoulder, that guy was a wrecking machine. Um, but, but then Hudson card comes back out and throws the pick six and you're thinking, well, it can't get any worse. Right. But then Jonathan Brooks inexplicably tries to field the ball at the two. Um, you know, that's right. That was a mistake by special teams. I, I didn't even count that. You're right. That was a terrible mistake. Yeah. Well, and they end up kind of getting out of that hole. Um, you know, Casey Thompson's leading them. Then Xavier Worthy limps off with what looked like a hamstring or something. Now he obviously came back in the game. And then Tope Amade gets the, you know, crazy, it rips the helmet off of a Kansas player on the last play of the half. You're, you know, you're like, oh my God, this team is totally disintegrating. And then they yeah. come out and they play with fire. The offense scores. The defense gets three, three and outs in a row as Texas is clawing its way back in. 
and Texas was in position to finally win a game late, even though it was Kansas, even though it was, you know, some of the ugliest football you've ever seen. Texas was in position to win the game. And mentally, you're just like, oh my gosh, what? This this game is going to be really cathartic to Texas because this is the one thing they haven't been able to do. They haven't been able to close. And then they don't, Taylor. And it just, it's like, you cannot make this stuff up. And, and look, bad teams find ways to lose. Mm -hmm. This is a bad team. And they had, they were confident and every loss has erased that confidence and replaced it with doubt. Steve Sarkeesian's tried to tell us a hundred different ways about hope and belief and belief and confidence. You keep losing games like this in the age of social media. It's it, it's perception becomes reality. And now here we are. And there were, you know, a dozen or so recruits, Taylor, some of their top offensive line prospects who were at, in attendance for this game. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian was asked, what do you think your recruits make of this like five game losing streak you lose to kansas who hasn't won a big 12 game on the road since 2008 and he just kind of you know mumbled through and said we have great relationships with our recruits and you know they i, I think they can see some forward movement or something and you know they come for the universe i don't know what he said taylor but yeah, we're gonna like find something out something about like you. They can see the positives. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah positives in, for the yeah. future. Or something. It was something along those lines. And I mean, you better hope that's the case. And right now, I will. I will say, Chip. You know, Texas still is sitting with the number one. You know, recruiting class in twenty twenty two in the Big Twelve. Um, I believe they're number seven nationally according to twenty four seven Sports Composite. They definitely had some key offensive linemen. Um, recruits on campus in Devin Campbell, Cam Dewberry. I am going to butcher his name, Nito something. <laughs> I know that because um, of our guys on the State of Recruiting podcast. I heard them actually pronounce the name and I still can't remember it. But, you know, there, there's definitely some, um, there was a lot of, you know, their key targets on campus. The one thing I would say, and, and who knows if this will play out, but if, if you're an offensive lineman, and you've watched this Texas team this year, and you know what Kyle Flood's, you know, record, track record in developing NFL offensive linemen, as long as, you know, there's not concerns that the staff is going to be totally, you know, blown up and gone next year or year three or something like that, there's no reason if you're a five-star recruit to not think, hey, if I want to play early, I'm not going to look at Texas. No, you're going to be like, hey, if I want to play as a freshman, the best place I may have the opportunity to play is probably Texas because that's how bad Texas offensive line is. And I and I don't blame Kyle Flood. I really don't. I mean, when he took this job, I was just like, oh gosh, like I mean, this is it was it was bad. It was pretty like up and down last year, and Sam Cosney kind of held it together. But without him, oh my gosh, I mean, this is one of the worst offensive lines I think I've. I've seen so. I mean, if these guys want early playing time and to compete early, you know, in their college careers, a game like this may have helped. But you better hope that that message of, you know, the relationships that you have and trying to, you know, sell the future does actually land um, with these guys, especially when they're on campus. And you better hope they're not looking at social media right now because it's a it's a mess. I mean, it's an absolute mess. Even on our message board, we have other 
you know, like Iowa State fans that are posting <laughs> topics, just trolling Texas fans. And even like our members at Horns 24-7, it was kind of like, yeah, oh, that's kind of funny because we what what can we say? And yeah. that's that's kind of par for the course right now where Texas is. So you have to almost, I mean, you're almost the, I don't want to say the laughing stock, but a little bit at some point you become that. And it's it's crazy to say that because Texas has been in pretty much every single one of these losses except for the Arkansas game and I think the Iowa State game. But, I mean, Texas could very easily be, um, oh gosh, how many games have they even put? Ten now? I, I can't even think straight. But Texas could easily be eight and two, but they're sitting here at four and six. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's confounding. And um, Steve Sarkeesian uh, has to be strong in the face of all kinds of adversity and doubt. Now it's affecting him mm -hmm. um, because he's he's overseeing this operation and it's not improving. Um, yeah, five straight losses. Now Kansas, uh, Kansas has put some. You know, they ended Charlie Strong's career. Um, and this is going to be a turning point for Steve Sarkeesian one way or another, Taylor. It's either going to get better from this point forward because this is is the bottom. Yeah. Um, you could lose at West Virginia and lose at home to K-State, and it's not as bad as losing at home to Kansas. Mm -hmm. So this is the bottom, and it's either going to go up or it's going to level or – you know, flatten. I mean, it's, it's going to happen one of two ways. And, and now the narrative is going to be, we don't have our players. We got to get our players, even though these just, just as you said, in, you know, three of these five losses against the best of the, the big 12, mm -hmm. Oklahoma, uh, Baylor and Oklahoma state, Texas was in position to win those games and couldn't close the door. And, and then tonight played terrible early and had, you know, erased two 21 point deficits to send the game into overtime, had a chance in overtime to close the deal and couldn't. So I well, mean, it's, it's like mind numbing chip, right? Like, is that, that's probably the only, cause it's almost like, I, I feel like if I were a Texas fan and this is where I, I feel for our members because I know that they're losing it right now. And I'm almost afraid that we're off the message board for 22 minutes of recording this because of it. Is and there I smoke coming it. off the message board? I mean, there may be. I don't know. But like, I understand it. But it's like, I feel like if I were a Texas fan, I would rather them just get annihilated. Not this like roller coaster up and down like, oh my gosh, at halftime, you know, or we're trailing by 21 to Kansas. This game's over like half the stadium left, you know, when that happened. Then they come back to force overtime and they lose on a two-point conversion that was, I think it looked like it was tipped by, and from our angle, I, and I haven't rewatched it, so I could be wrong on that, but it looked like Keandre Coburn tipped the ball straight into the Kansas receiver's hands for the two-point conversion. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I'd almost feel like if I were, I'd almost feel like I'd rather see this team totally crumble in every single game and not leave any glimmer of hope that they could win. Because right now I feel like anytime Texas gets a glimmer of hope, you're almost like, uh Oh, this is going to turn the wrong way. And that's, that's a mental issue. It's a something that's going to 
take time to fix, I think. And Steve Sarkeesian at this point, better hope he has the time to fix it because if you lose to Kansas, a team that is as historically bad in the last decade or more, as you mentioned earlier, Charlie Strong couldn't survive it. Um, and I don't think Steve Sarkeesian is going to be gone this year or anything like that, but still that's, that's going to be a permanent stain on his record, in my opinion, at Texas. Yeah. And the last thing this program needs right now is more change, but yes. will there be change at, at yeah. the end of this season in terms of, you know, how much player attrition are there going to be, uh, changes on the, on the coaching staff? We were these players. I've had a different coordinator or position coach every year for the last three years. I mean, it's, you can't, you can't get better mm -mm. Uh, if you're constantly changing everything. Um, so uh, the UT brass will, you know, obviously look to protect Sarkeesian from the, from the doubters and, and give him a chance to get his players in. We've seen his offense be successful. Uh, I'll be real interested to see if he's ready to say Casey Thompson is his guy um, after, you know, throwing for six touchdowns and running for another. Um, as we said, that ties Colt McCoy's single game touchdown record. He had six uh, in 2006 against Baylor, but, um, Taylor, there's a lot more uh, coming, um, and Texas basketball lost on the road to Gonzaga tonight by 12 points. But hey, go on the road, number play one, the, play number, the number one, one team. <laughs> yeah, and Drew not Tinney. one win, Kansas. <laughs> yeah, we learned that Texas doesn't have the size inside. We wrote about that this week. Drew Timmy with 37 points for Gonzaga down low um, as. Uh, Texas just had no answer for the six foot 10 national player of the year candidate. So um, tough night for the Longhorns. Uh, we'll see. This is going to be a turning point one way or the other. And all we can do is watch and, uh, and report back to you all on the next episode of the flagship podcast. So um, for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. We'll see you at over. At horns247.com, try to take a break if you're feeling a little uh, a little too frustrated. And um, uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks again for listening. And uh, until next time, everybody, stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.